Welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators. I'm your host, Barrett Brooks. I'm the COO at ConvertKit. My co-host is our CEO, Nathan Barry. We're on a mission to help creators earn a living, and this is a show about turning anxious energy into creative output during times of uncertainty. It is The Future Belongs to Creators, episode 31. I'm Barrett Brooks. This is Nathan Barry, and we are talking about uh, ambition and gratitude today. It's going to be a mindset episode. Uh, we've been quite tactical the last few last few episodes, so we figured we'd kind of take a step back and talk about how to be ambitious um, while also being thankful for what you've got. So that's where we're going to start. Uh, let's start with how are you doing, Nathan? Um, I'm I'm good, though. I just realized that uh, I apparently didn't catch that your mic wasn't quite proper. So we'll get that sorted out. Um, I'm good today. The weather's perfect. Uh, I got a bunch of yard work done yesterday. That was nice. By yard work, I mean, I like tried to cut out a huge bush, realized it was a way bigger project than I wanted to. And I thought, why am I even doing this now? (laughs) So anyway, but I pulled all that to my backyard yesterday, lit it all on fire, which is things that you can do when you have a farm. You can just make a bonfire where the flames are 20 feet tall. Um, Posted that on Instagram and everyone went, no, not the tiny house. And then I realized, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Right. I've most been posting about a tiny house on Instagram. And so when I post just a giant bonfire with no context, then you might be inclined to put those two together. But the tiny house is fine and uh, all the branches are gone. And, uh, you know, I'm just diving into work today. Things are good. How about you? Uh, let's see. I am yellow green, mostly green. It's a little hectic around here. We are... Um we're getting a little taste of what everyone else with children is going through right now. And that my wife and I are both working, uh, the first few days of this week and doing childcare for a variety of reasons. But, um, the core of it is we're kind of like handing the baby back and forth, which has been an entertaining dance. And I've really enjoyed getting to spend more time with him the last couple of days. Um, but you know, adds adds another factor to the work day. Uh, yeah, Ev was hanging out with us, uh, up until about 90 seconds ago. Yes. Uh, he almost was going to join the show <laughs> yeah. for today. Um, anyways, yeah, things are good overall. Uh, we've got, um, some prep to do following our board meeting next week. We always do three to four days of conversations with our leadership team about, uh, kind of where we're headed over the next six months or so. Um, so I'm really excited for that, but we've got some work to do between now and Friday to get ready for it. So, um, that'll be the rest of our week. Sounds good. It's not Wednesday, so it's not time to check in on the world yet. So no. uh, let's jump right on in, skate right on in to the episode <laughs> topic. Okay. So this topic is one. Ooh, I got blurry for a second. That was weird. People listening in on that, just the audio are going to be like, what is with these two guys? But, you know. Uh, um, okay. This topic, this is one that I've struggled with, right? Because I think about being really, really ambitious, right? Setting big goals, reaching them. Barrett, you and I were talking about how we always set goals for the company that we always seem to miss them by a little bit. And we're like, ah, that's so frustrating. We missed our goal. And then we sat back and go, that was a huge goal. Like we could, we could miss our goal by a lot. And that's still way better than other companies. So, you know, that was interesting of realizing that we set these such ambitious goals and it's okay if we miss them or something doesn't go quite the way we planned. But then on the other side, realizing if we didn't make another dollar, like if we we didn't grow the revenue of the company, um, any of this, we have enough, right? I'm really happy. Like my family is taken care of. Um, I'm really happy with where I live. 
You've got your dream house that you just picked up. Your little family is doing great as well. You know, like we don't need any more. ConvertKit's on this crazy end of the scale, right? Doing over $20 million a year in revenue. But even way back when, like when I was making probably probably the moment I've crossed 100,000 a month in revenue from eBooks, 100,000 a month, 100,000 a year, that monthly versus annual thing. A little different. It's a little different. <laughs> but from that moment, like I have enough. And so how do you balance this of having enough and being content with that and pushing to reach your own potential and your company's potential and your team's potential and everything else? And I've always thought it was an interesting topic. Um, and that's what we're talking about today. I love it. Yeah, we were talking a little bit yesterday. Um, you know, we think of ourselves as board members of ConvertKit as well. And so we kind of have these dual roles to play where uh, we need to step into the executive mindset of like, what is happening in the business and let's report on that to the people who are holding us accountable. But then let's also flip roles after we report on it and say, okay, we are also on the board. Let's look at this as if we're evaluating Mm -hmm. another company and really take a perspective of where are the gaps, where do we need to grow? And I was saying to you that if we took away the goals that we have right now, and we just looked at what's happened since our last board meeting in November or let's call it two months before that, before we had started to shape the plans. And and I said to us, well, um, eight months from now, you're going to have 80,000 users. Your trailing 30 day growth rate of monthly recurring revenue will be right at 4%. You'll have 53 teammates who you care deeply about and are very talented. Profitability will have been very healthy through the first quarter of the year and so far you're weathering what's sure to be a downturn incredibly well, you know, how would you feel about that? And we both said, well, in the absence of any context of goals, we'd feel incredible about that. Sounds great. And so it's this interesting dance and I've always had to, to dance with this, a a friend and mentor of mine named Chase Reeves, who I used to work with always would call me out on this. He's a little bit more of like a, just be grateful, live in the moment kind of person. Right and less goal-oriented. And he'd just say like, why are you, why are you always striving for something? It's just going to make you unhappy. <laughs> and it drove me nuts forever, but it was a really interesting balancing force in my life because I am very driven. We are very driven as human beings. We're always looking to the next thing. And I really have to force myself to take a step back, be grateful, acknowledge my progress up until this point. And that can be tiring. You know, it can be exhausting, especially if you don't give yourself uh, some praise if you don't seek out just the positive reinforcement of where you've been and then even give yourself a little rest in between in between projects before you just keep going. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's kind of our context for today. We have a hard time acknowledging where we're at sometimes. And I think about this other side, like if we go to a creator example, like I think that um, we're always pushing creators are ambitious people. You didn't get to where you are by, uh, you know, through laziness. Um, So maybe you're earning a full-time living, right? You're getting to that point. Maybe that break-even, I can quit my job number. You've got to that. Maybe it's $5,000 a month. And so now you're working remotely during a pandemic. That's going well. You're earning money on your own terms, doing what you want. You're able to set your own schedule. Um, When all this opens up again, you'll be able to work while you travel. You know, Whatever it is that you value, you've achieved that baseline. And then you think about, okay, what's next? And I know for me, what was next was like, okay, well, more. How, like, let's push this further. Let's uh, go from 5,000 a month to 10,000 a month. Let's get 
those numbers higher. Let's, uh, the email list was at 5,000 people. Now let's get it to six, seven, eight, 10, 20,000, like always pushing those limits. And then at the same time, reading these books or other things saying like, ah, stillness is the key. You know, let's meditate. Let's be content. Let's practice gratitude. And I think at first for quite a while, I felt like those ideas were at odds. I didn't know how to hold both of those. And I didn't know what to do with that. Does that me being truly grateful and content with what I have, does that mean I shouldn't push for more? I don't know. Where would you start? It's a hard question. Uh, I, so I think there's a reality when, you know, if you look at the hierarchy of needs of, um, that kind of base level of food, water, shelter, you know, clothing, love even is, is one of those base level needs when you're working to fulfill that level. I think it can be really hard to take a step back and be grateful. It's still possible, certainly, but I think, right. In other words, I think there's a relationship between where you are on meeting your needs from a hierarchical standpoint and how content you can kind of try to be day to day. I know that for me, when I wasn't earning hardly anything yet as a creator, and I had, I would not recommend this, but what I did was I just quit my job without a real plan for how I was going to make money as a creator. It was like, I, I know this is the path I want to be on, so I might as well just accelerate the decision to today. And, you know, our principle on this is if current circumstances give future plans more leverage then accelerate your plans, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't have more leverage. I just knew the endpoint I wanted to be at. And so I just leapt instead of giving myself leverage first. So looking back, I put myself in a position where now I'm like, way right back at the bottom of the hierarchy of needs. I went from a really well-paying job to no resources coming in and not a lot of savings because I wasn't that far out of school. And at that moment, it was really hard to be grateful. You know, it was like I needed to be scrappy and ambitious in order to get back to a base level. And so I want to start there. Like we're, we're starting from a point of the company is healthy. We make good money. Our families are taken care of. Most of our team is in a similar situation for where they are in their careers as well. Mm-hmm. And so we get to think about this in a way, you know, we're past that initial layer. So I would say, you know, early on, you can still practice gratitude, but I get it. I get it. If it's like, I don't have time for this shit right now. I need to like, I need to get back to being okay. Um, so right. I want to call that out too. Yeah. And that, that makes a lot of sense. And it totally depends on that, that phase that you're at. So I think one of the first things to do, at least for me, I'm always going to have this ambitious side. So I think that the first thing that I'd recommend other people do that I did myself is to take more time to celebrate wins. So whatever that milestone is, the first hundred email subscribers, the first thousand dollars in revenue, you know, any of those milestones to take a moment to celebrate it. Actually, one of my favorite things I years ago built an iPhone app or an an iPad app for uh, kids with autism or, um, you know, a speech like language issue to use this to do synthesized speech and speak for them. And so it replaced this ruggedized PC device and it, and did it on the iPad. It was a great experience. And I launched that and it was the first commercial uh, iOS app that I ever made. This was back in 2000, 2011. And I got it out on the app store and I made the first sales. And I went over to uh, my 
uh, sister-in-law and her husband's house for lunch one Sunday afternoon. We were doing like a family, family lunch and they got out a bottle of champagne and I was like, what are we celebrating? They're like, that you got your app in the app store and like it's made sales. And I had mentioned that as an offhand comment, like a few days earlier. And it was the coolest thing of them. Like, you know, it was little, it didn't take much for them to do that, but they're like, we had a little toast and celebrated that like that happened. I think that's something that when I've really focused on the ambition side, I haven't taken the time to celebrate. And that's something that recently I've tried to do a lot more with ConvertKit of like hitting a big milestone and like Hillary and I going out to dinner and reminiscing for a little bit, okay, where we were then, what it took to get here and taking that moment and feeling that gratitude so you can feel it, you know, it's one stop. It's pulling off the side of the highway for like and enjoying a great view, you know, as you're on this long road trip. Um, and it doesn't take away from the fact that you got places that you're going, but you can spend time and enjoy that moment now. Yeah. I love that road trip analogy. When we, my, my wife and I have moved across the country three times now, uh, Atlanta to Portland, Portland to New York and New York back to Portland. And we've driven every time. Um, on the way back from New York to Portland, we finally got it down and we mapped our journey to stop in a city that we wanted to see every time. And mm-hmm. we didn't stay there for long. We only stayed in one place for a couple of nights to see Mount Rushmore. But every night we'd, we'd scheduled the driving so it was short enough that we could get in in time for dinner. And we'd go to a restaurant that was similar to the kind of place that we would like really enjoy on a vacation. And so every night, like in Madison, Wisconsin, and then um, where were we in Wyoming? and then Montana, anyways, whatever the cities. And we'd go to an awesome yep. restaurant, like whatever the coolest, like, I don't know, organic cool place was that we could find. And we would do that. We'd, we'd appreciate like what we saw on the road that day and talk about what we wanted coming back to Portland. And it was this interesting kind of waylay to the side of the actual journey, which I really enjoyed. But I think one of the things you have to be able to recognize about your own journey when you're in it in order to celebrate is that you can't compare your today to someone else's different point in their process, right? Right. Like if you're starting a software company right now, you can't look at our pace and then try and measure yourself on that. Like that's ridiculous. You know, what you need to do if you're starting like a, let's say you're starting a food blog today. Um, and maybe you were looking at minimalist baker, our friends, John and Dana, as your kind of like role model for what you want to be as just as like a makeup of a company when you grow up, grow up, you know, being a relative term. Um, <laughs> yep. Well, if you're looking at like their site rankings and search and you're looking at their traffic and income numbers, you can't measure yourself on that. You got to go back and say, well, John and Dana, when they were like just getting started, what were they doing? And mm-hmm. think about where they were in life and what jobs they were working and what kind of place they might've been living in and all of that kind of stuff because that's where you are today, you know? Right. And so our equivalent would be the exact same. If we were measuring ourselves on like, I don't know, some massive software company. Shopify. Yeah, Shopify. It's like, yeah, well, (laughs) they're further along. They're in a different situation. Like it's just not comparable. And so we've really got to find the right ways to be appreciating our current state based on how far we've come as opposed to some other metric that doesn't even make sense for, um, for our timeline and our situation. Yeah. I think another thing there is to fall in love with the journey and not just focus on the destination, you know, cause it's a different thing. And this is what I like about, you know, your many 
cross-country moves as you refine the process. It really sounds like that last time you you enjoyed the journey and you said, like, we're going to focus on this instead of like, okay, if you could bump up that, uh, I forget, what, what do you call it? The, the speed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, if you could bump that up by another mile per hour, we could shave, you know, over the next 2,000 miles, we could shave this much time off and just focus on that. And instead you're like, okay, no, we're going to go here. We're going to do this. Oh, we've got, uh, you know, like I think you had, had uh, dinner with James in Columbus, yes. you know, um, stuff like that of really enjoying that process. That's something that I say to the team all the time, right? Because people are always asking, when are we going to sell ConvertKit? When are we going to achieve this milestone? How's, how is it going towards this goal? Cause they know that we have ambitious goals. And so we have to sit like, you know, answer honestly, but then also say for us, we're, we're making it all about the journey. And so then that makes it much easier to be grateful to be able to go on this journey rather than to be not content, uh, you know, to be antsy, anxious, um, and unhappy until we achieve this next milestone. Because I think we realize that that next milestone isn't actually going to do anything for right. us. Yeah. I mean, the day, like our current vision, our 2025 vision is to get to, part of it is to get to $100 million in recurring annual revenue. And like, it's going to feel no different the day we wake up after that than it did hitting a million dollars a month or something like that. Um, and the true, the same is true, no matter what your goal is, you're going to feel like the exact same person the next day. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, it can seem like, all right, thank you, Nathan, for falling in love with the journey. I really appreciate that trite little comment. <laughs> And so it's like, well, what does that look like? What does it look like to be in love with where you're at? And one thing I've started to try to practice is I can remember two team retreats ago. This last team retreat, I was sick most of the time. So that didn't work out quite as well. But two team retreats ago, um, I was standing in the kitchen and most of our team was in there and they were just chatting it up. And I don't know, it was like happy hour and they were having drinks for those that drink and hanging out just... Um, chatting for those that don't. And, and I just stood there kind of removed from everyone. I just looked at it and I thought, you know, uh, it'll be really fun to build a really big company. It'll be interesting to see how far we can take this. And it's quite possible we are living through the best period of our career right now. It's quite possible that this is the time we will reflect back on for years and years to come and say, remember that really great thing we did together? And that doesn't mean we won't do future great things, but to try and appreciate it in the moment as like, this is the heyday of this thing. If you're, if you're creating for an audience right now and you've got, you know, thousands of people or hundreds of people paying attention to you, this might be a keystone moment in your career in terms of how you develop and the people you get to serve and the work that you get to do. And if all you're doing is thinking about the next thing you're supposed to be doing or that you should be doing or that you have to achieve to be happy, you're going to miss the parts of your life that are like the right. whole thing. This is the whole thing. You know, you don't get it back. It makes me think that, you know, those times when you are really able to stack up those days or those hours and those days and those weeks of work that you really enjoy, where you feel like you're thriving and this is what you're you're meant to do. And this is your sweet spot. And those are the things we realize, okay, I can, this journey is good. I can do this. I'm creating what I'm meant to create. I don't know if everyone else has had this experience, but as a kid, I used to have a lot of dreams where like sort of the out of body dreams where you're watching yourself 
And it's, so it's like almost doing that, um, as an adult where you can be, you're in this room, you're hanging out with your coworkers, you're celebrating this win and then able to take that step back and say, oh, that's interesting to watch. Like, you know, the little mental, mental picture and wanting to remember that. Yeah. I like, I want to talk about a couple, um, couple of kind of tactical things here that you can do to try and appreciate along the way. I, I totally agree. The, the like meta meta observation of yourself, stepping outside mm-hmm. of yourself and looking at, I mean, in the same way that we're looking at the company from a board perspective, you know, that gives us a different view. You can do that for your, your business, your career for yourself as well. But a couple of tactics, one is one Teddy shared that I, I love Teddy shared in the chat. Um, which is a, what did I get done today list? We have a tool that we use for project management called Basecamp. And at the end of every day at five o'clock local time, they ask, what did you get done today? And that's not the tool I use for that. But every night before I go to bed, I have a journal that's just basically a list of the things that I did. And I star the key habits that I'm trying to maintain throughout the year. So I can kind of see how much I actually act on the things I'm intending to do. And just that act of before I get in bed, right after I brush my teeth, I write down what the day looked like. It gives me such an appreciation for how much I actually do every day. And it's everything from like sat down for family dinner, which is a really important habit for us to recorded the podcast or interviewed five candidates for a role or whatever. Just having a a list that shows, oh, wow, maybe I didn't feel productive today, but that's actually because I was on six or seven hours of calls. And right. productivity was measured differently than what I had in my head in this moment. So I think that's a really great one. A similar tactic is gratitude journaling, which can sound a little woo-woo, but honestly, just sitting down with one prompt, what am I thankful for right now? And this can especially be powerful in moments where you're feeling like everything's going wrong and every, you know the world is conspiring against you and all that kind of thing. Because if you can just take a minute and write down all of the things that are good about your life. Thankful for my partner. I'm thankful for a healthy kid. I'm thankful for my plants growing in this season. I'm thankful for the sunshine today. It has a serious impact on your mental outlook and sometimes on your ability to get back into doing whatever mm-hmm. it was you set out to do. Any other tools you use yeah. on your end, Nathan? Well, we do the, what are you grateful for as a family at dinner every night? And, and, I'd say we probably actually get four or five out of seven Mm -hmm. for the week, you know, for whatever reason, August, my five-year-old won't suggest it to everybody. He'll get out of his chair, walk over to me and then whisper into my ear, dad, one thing we're grateful for. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll be like, oh, well, you know, I like to pretend that, you know, he told me something entirely unrelated, you know, so I let him go all the way and sit back, take another couple bites of food and go, you know, let's talk about one thing that we're grateful for for the day. <laughs> and I don't know why we do it this way. I just think it's funny that he won't say it to, you know, the his brother and his mom who are at the table as well. That's hilarious. <laughs> then we do that. And, you know, the things, sometimes it's the weather, sometimes it's being able to see people, uh, sometimes it's being able to spend time out in the garden, whatever it is. What we, you know, it reminds me back to, okay, what were some of my highlights of the day? Uh, you know, it might've been one of those conversations earlier. I might've been complaining about too many calls, but then I'm like, oh, but that moment on this one call was really special. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know I was talking to one of our designers today and she's new to the team. And I found out that, uh, uh, she used to live in Gibraltar, 
which I knew nothing about Gibraltar. So one of my highlights of my day today was spending like seven or eight minutes learning about the territory of Gibraltar, which I knew nothing about. And that's, you know, and so that's the kind of thing that would come to mind. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm really grateful for the people that I get to work with, but it'd be uh, more specific in mm-hmm. that way. I love that. Um, my last one is, is something we referenced in passing, but really picking moments to stop and celebrate, you know, acknowledging when you've hit something, maybe it's a thousand email subscribers, maybe it's making your first hundred dollars online. Maybe it's quitting your job or, quitting your job is a big one that might naturally get celebrated. So I don't want to pick the ones that are obvious, but picking milestones where you literally stop and say, okay, I'm going to quit work a little bit earlier today. And I'm going to go do something I enjoy with my partner by myself, some alone time. For me, it's like, I'm going to have a cocktail or I'm going to have a bunch of friends over and smoke a big pork shoulder on the grill or um, we're going to go out to a nice dinner or something. Those are things that I enjoy. It doesn't mean you have to, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm going to take Friday off and go skiing. And just as you're doing that, name it. I'm doing this, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing this because we hit a milestone this week. I'm doing this because I made a hundred dollars or I launched my first product this week and sharing that with the people you're with, you know, it can be really meaningful just to get to say out loud, I'm proud of myself for whatever. So often, I know, at least for me, all of those thoughts happen in my own head. It's like, I think I might Mm -hmm. be proud of myself, but I (laughs) so rarely will open up and say that out loud. Like, hey, I, you know, I did a thing because I'm just so critical of myself. You know, every time it's, what could I have done better? And that occasional, you know, family, uh, I'd like to share this piece of writing with you. And we've started doing that around the table too, sharing something we've made and just mm-hmm. reading it out loud. And that can be really special. Or I want to celebrate this thing that that happened today. And sometimes when you see it reflected back to you, how it's not impressed, because I don't want to say that we're like aiming to please other people with what we're doing, but sometimes just having other people reflect back to you like, oh my gosh, that's where you're at in your thing. That is incredible. And realizing Mm -hmm. that whatever it is in your head that you think is supposed to be happening is not how other people would measure (laughs) what it is that you're doing. Um, So verbalizing it and taking that time to stop and celebrate is really powerful. One of my favorite conversation starter questions is, uh, what's one thing that you've done in the last six months that you're really proud of? Um, By asking questions along those lines, because it makes me think the thing that I would add to what you said there is not only choosing what milestone you're going to celebrate, right? So, okay, I'm coming up on a thousand email subscribers. When that passes, I'm going to celebrate it by my spouse and I are going to go out to dinner or I'm going to go skiing or whatever it is, that thing. And then from there, say who you're going to celebrate it with, like actually make that clear, right? These are the three people that are in my corner that, you know, have always had my back and I want them to know, and I want to celebrate it with you. You know, I was thinking about like this text group that we have for our mastermind group. Like we give each other such a hard time. And at the same time, we're so proud of each other um, for all the things. And so taking that moment with that group of guys, for example, and say, we achieved this milestone. I think when we hit a hundred million in revenue, you know, whether it takes us three years or five years or what um, to pull that off, like that's one of the groups that we'll go celebrate it with. And that will be really special. And so I think naming that in advance and saying, this is who we want to celebrate it with rather than just keeping it on the inside. Yeah. I love that. 
Okay. Um, I want to kind of wrap up this part. This is not the thought of the day. This is just kind of my summary thought. Um, we talked a lot about gratitude and that's because Nathan and I, I think tend to struggle with that side of the equation more than the ambition mm-hmm. side. I think that's a very natural place to live for a creator. I think more often than not, creators are focused on what comes next, sometimes out of necessity and sometimes just out of drive. The reason we focused on the gratitude side is that I personally believe if you can be grateful for where you are right now, then when you're making plans for the future, you have a much healthier, wholesome starting point that will make your plans more authentic to the the like real and true vision that you have for your work in life. And so I think there's this balance where being grateful and content does not mean you can't be driven and ambitious. It simply means that you're okay with whatever outcome comes from the next effort you put in. And I think that's a lot healthier. You're not depending on an achievement to make you who you are. You know you're okay as it is. And now it's just all gravy or icing on the cake or whatever you want to call it from here. I love that. Okay, that's uh, that's the topic for the day. Do, 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 creator of the day. All right. Well, I will share creator of the day. Um, this is actually something that you mentioned yesterday or the day before. Um, it must've been yesterday cause today's Tuesday. So it wouldn't have been the day before. Uh, that's Alexis gay. Uh, she is at Patreon. We got to know her when she came up to craft and commerce. Um, but she does these great, uh, videos on parties in San Francisco. The one she just came out with this one on working from home. Uh, and Zoom calls. It was super funny. A bunch of us shared it around. But uh, her Twitter handle is Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter. And uh, fantastic human, great creator, and just someone who brings levity to uh, to the workday. So definitely follow her. Absolutely. Big fan. Um, my creator of the day is John Krakauer. Man, got to be one of the most interesting narrative nonfiction writers in the country, at least for my interests. Um, he is an outdoors person, but he writes on quite a, a variety of topics. Actually, uh, you can see his latest book, Missoula is about rape in the justice system. So it's, he's pretty wide ranging in terms of his work. My favorite book of his is my resource of the day, which is into thin air. He also write, wrote into the wild, which became a movie as well. If you've seen that, you might kind of be familiar with his work, but into thin air has been made into a movie as well called Everest. He was present for the story of that movie. He was actually one of the climbers who was on that expedition and made it to the peak of Mount Everest and got back down before the bad weather hit. And Into Thin Air is his kind of like first person account. He was on the trip as a journalist to write about this guide company and just the culture of Everest. But his writing in that book is just, here's my experience. It was almost a way for him to process. You know, we've talked about processing our own stuff in the past, and this was his way of processing. So anyways, Into Thin Air, if you love um, being outdoors, if you love just narrative nonfiction and good stories of human potential and sometimes tragedy when we pursue it, um, it's a really good book and he is a great writer. Yeah, his stuff is so good. All right, I don't have a resource of the day, so I'll close out with the a thought of the day. Maybe a two-part thought. Um, one is I'd be a little bit introspective and think for a second, ask yourself, do I spend more time thinking about the past, the present or the future? And the first time I heard that question, I was like, that's a ridiculous question. Everyone spends more time thinking about the future, just like me. And then I asked it to more people and realized, okay, that is not in fact how people spend the time. That's just me that I'm fully in the future. Uh, my wife is very much in the past and other people are very much in the present and, and all around. 
And I would say, if you find yourself very much in the, in the future where you're thinking about what comes next. And then when I achieve the next milestone over the next ridge, there's another mountain. And when we get there and, and so on, then realize that this gratitude practice is something that's going to be really important to adopt and to really choose those times to celebrate because otherwise you'll immediately be on to the next thing. And then the other thing is uh, something that our reboot coaches talk about a lot is this idea. And I don't know where the quote is from, but this idea of a leader um, having a strong back and an open heart of like knowing where you're going, knowing what your values are, what you're trying to accomplish and pursuing that because you believe in it and, and, you know, pursuing with force and emphasis and making it happen and making it come true because you have the ability as a creator to create that future for yourself, but then also do it with an open heart where you can invite other people along. You can talk to others. Um, you can celebrate your wins. You can have the ability, the softness and openness to say, wow, I'm proud of myself for that. That is worth celebrating. I can be kind to myself in that way and, and you know, not just always push for the next thing. And I think if you can find the balance between those things, then you can set crazy ambitious goals and you can do it from a place of contentment. And uh, that's a really powerful combination. Agreed. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Future Belongs to Creators. We're the makers of ConvertKit, where we're on a mission to help creators earn a living by building software that helps you build an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. To start building your audience with a landing page and to send emails up to 500 subscribers for free, go to landingpage.new. That's landingpage.new to get started with the free ConvertKit account today. We'll see you next time.